Good morning, everybody. Welcome to New Vine Community Church. We're very happy to have each and everybody here with us today, and uh, welcome to those who are watching online today as well. All right, I'd like to invite everybody to stand. We'll have a word of prayer and then get started with worship. Lord, I want to thank you for bringing us all together here today safely. I want to thank you for everything you've done in our lives throughout the week and everything we know you'll continue to do. We just ask that you come be in our midst today as we worship you. In your name we pray. Amen.
Everybody, gonna take a second, turn around, say hello to somebody. Go ahead and pick up one of these forms from the seat back in front of you, fill it out, and drop it in the offering bag as it goes through. New Vine Youth Winter Retreat is February 23rd and 24th. Grades 6 through 12th are welcome to come. The cost is $30. See Pat for details. 
Super Bowl's coming up February the 11th. Our team, the Bengals, didn't make it, or your team, the Browns, didn't make it. But it doesn't matter who made it. We want to have a Super Bowl here at church. And what I mean by that is this. We have a New Vine Health Center downtown. We serve lots of people with food. And so on Super Bowl Sunday, I want you to bring one of these or more than one of these. Bring a bunch of these to church. And we're going to put them in our grocery carts that we always have and, and put them in there. And we'll celebrate the Super Bowl by helping people. So it's going to be a soup or bowl. So February the 11th, bring your cans of soup to church with you. And we'll have a great day. And then we'll watch the game later on. Right? See ya. Bye. Grief Share is a support group ministry that helps people heal from the pain of grief. The Grief Share video seminars, workbook exercises, and small group discussions give participants encouragement useful advice, and hope. The Crucia videos are, are excellent. The video strengthened me. It's a freeing kind of thing to be able to talk about your loss. My workbook helped me to unravel the feelings I was going through. If you know people in your church or community who are grieving the death of a loved one, tell them about Grief Share. Or visit a Grief Share group yourself. To heal from the pain of your grief. There was such a void until I got into Grief Share. I never really healed down deep until I came to Grief Share. Grief Share brought me out of my sadness. Begin your journey from mourning to joy at Grief Share. Thanks for watching the announcements. If you need any more information, go to our website or pick up a bulletin. Thanks for being here and enjoy the service. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Great. Anybody just doing awful? Yeah. Um, yeah, the Super Bowl, you know, the Browns make it. I was rooting for them even though I don't like the Browns. But I was rooting for the Browns. When I grew up, uh, Jim Brown was one of my favorite players, right? Um, but anyway, we have a free store. We have about 1,600 families that we help with food and clothes all the time. And so we have grocery carts, and so bring some soup. And, I, and one of the grocery carts says uh, Kansas City on it, and the other grocery cart says San Francisco. So whoever, whatever, will determine who wins, right? And Taylor Swift was going to be here next week, but she's, she's doing a concert in Japan. So... Uh, Hopefully she can make it back to time, right? Last We've been doing a series on uh, getting in shape, and last week we talked about financially. So on the way out, if you didn't get grabbed one of these last week, it's on how to leave a legacy. So if you're a guest, my name's Chuck. I go to church here. So let's say a prayer, and we'll take up the offering, okay? So Lord, we just thank you that we can give to you. Thank you that you gave it all for us. In Jesus' name, amen.
All right. Good morning. How you guys doing? Doing all right? Good. So we're in a series called uh, Getting in Shape or something like that. Yeah, Get in Shape. And uh, we've been talking about uh, getting spiritually in shape and financially in shape and emotionally in shape and all kinds of getting in shapes. And today we're going to talk about getting physically in shape. So I thought about calling it Body by Mark, but then I thought that's really dumb. So I'll just be right, be honest with you. This felt like a weird sermon to me, like when I was writing it, because it's just so, I feel like I'm being more of a motivational speaker than a, than a pastor, but it is what it is, and so you guys just have to suffer through it. I'm sorry. All right? Is that okay? So I always like to start off with, man, this section's really crowded over here. Hey, everybody. So, um, I always like to start off with a little bit of just reflection, just, just time to simply just be still and, and, and center our hearts and minds with God. Because if you're like me, you come in here distracted. You come in here with all kinds of stuff going on. Like, our, you get phone calls, you know. Like, all kinds of stuff can happen. And... Um, so I always think it's important that we just take a moment just to kind of center down and open our hearts to God. Does that make sense? So let's just take a few moments. If you fall asleep, it's good. You probably need to, need to rest anyway. And we're just going to be silent and still before God, and then um, we'll get going. So Holy Spirit, we ask that you just come, that you just open our hearts to you. So, Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you that we can come and gather and worship and reflect. So, Holy Spirit, we ask that you just come and just open our hearts and our minds to you. We ask that you just guide our time and bless us. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. First Corinthians chapter 6, it says this, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have received from God. You're not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your, and what's it say? With your body. In the ancient world, God, in the ancient world, the gods were, were thought to, to be in places, right? And so there would be certain gods that lived on this mountain here. There were certain gods and spirits that were in control of this region over here. There were certain gods and spirits that were in charge of this flock or this, this river or whatever. And so in the ancient world, 
as human beings began to reflect and, and interact with their spiritual life, they began to build places where they could meet God, whether it be an altar on a mountain, a temple in the center of a, of a city, a, a church building. And you would go to those places to interact with God. Does this make sense? In the ancient world, it was understood as what they would call thin spaces, places where in this setting here, God is closer than perhaps where God is over here. Now, what's interesting about Jesus and in particular the, uh, the Christian tradition is that Growing out of the Jewish tradition, the Jewish understanding was that God lived in Jerusalem, in the temple of Jerusalem. And there would be seasons, there would be celebrations, there would be festivals, there would be holidays, if you will, where the Jewish people would gather at the temple and they would offer sacrifices to the gods or to God. And there would be a time where the priests would, would walk into what was called the Holy of Holies. And so within the temple, there were different areas. And within the Holy of Holies, there was this tent, this curtain that separated the priest from God's presence. Does this make sense? The gospel writers record for us that when Jesus breathed his last breath on the cross, that something happened in the temple that the curtain that separated people from the presence of God, this, this curtain that separated the holy from the, the holy of holies to the, the regular spaces, it ripped in two from top to bottom. And as the first Christians began to reflect on this, they began to realize that what was happening is that no longer was God confined to a physical place, But now the Spirit of God went out from that place and indwells in each of us individually and collectively as we say yes to the Spirit of God. Does that make sense? And so no longer did you have to go to a temple to meet with God because God has come to you to meet with you in your very existence. Good? Yeah? And so... God indwells in us. We are individually and collectively the temple of the Holy Spirit. God is with us, and we carry his presence wherever we go. Now, the Bible begins with this this story, this creation story. And in Genesis chapter 2, it says this, that that then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, And the man became, and what's it say? A living being. And so you and I were not just spiritual beings. We're not just emotional beings. We're not just physical beings, but we're a fusion of all of that. Perhaps you could say we look like this. We are connected. To be human is to have our physicality, our our bodies, that then God breathes his spirit into us. And between that marriage of 
the spiritual and the physical, something else happens. We have a soul. We have a consciousness. We can interact with one another. There's meaning and purpose to our lives. And so, part of being human and part of being a good steward of the gift of life that we've been given is actually taking care of our physical bodies. Does that make sense? And so today we're going to talk about what does it look like to take care of our physical body if it is truly a temple where God resides. Good. So that now, now it gets to body, body with Mark. So four keys, in my opinion, on physical health. And how do we learn to honor God with this body that he has given us? And so number one. If we're going to honor God with our physical body, then it's then we 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 should interact with this beautiful world that we've been given, right? In the Bible, it tells us that God, when He made Adam and Eve, He placed them where? In a garden, right? Not in a building, not in an office, not in a factory, in a garden, right? And so, I don't know. You guys have been paying attention to the weather. It's been like, it went like, I don't know how many days we went in a row where there was no sunlight. But it was just miserable, right? And then I think this past week, there was that first day, like whether it was Wednesday or, or Thursday, and there was, there was sunlight. And I don't know about you guys, but it just made me feel better, right? Does that make sense? And, and so, you and I, we weren't created to live the type of lifestyles that we live. Let's think about our lives real fast. We live in boxes, right? We have our house. It's a box. If you're like me, you get up and you get into another box called your car. And you drive to another box called your work. And you sit there for eight hours a day. And then you get back into your box and drive back to your box at home. And then you sit the rest of the night watching a box called television. Right? That's our life for most of us. But you and I, we weren't created to live that way. We were created to go out and to interact with this world, this this nature. And so, if we're going to learn to honor God with our bodies and take care of our bodies, I think it's as simple as starting here. Starting with just going outside and experiencing the sunlight experiencing nature. Um, For as as long as I can remember, my entire life, my family and I, we have gone to the beach for at least one week out of the year. And when we go, it's out in the sun, shoes off, connected to the sand, connected to the earth. And I don't know about about you guys, but there's a real, I get this real sense that it does something to me physically. It resets me. And here's how I know that. This year we were unable to go. And it almost feels like I'm carrying extra stress that I possibly would have shed just being outside for that one week. Does that make sense to you guys? And I know that might sound like, ooh, but um, like I, I honestly believe that that's a real thing. And there's all kinds of research and studies that have gone on about the importance of sunlight 
what it can do to you. The, the, the reality of what's called a thing called grounding, where wearing shoes is actually bad for you, and that we're, we were created to be connected literally to the ground, and that it does something to our physicality that makes us, that helps our immune system, all those other types of things. And so being outside, I think, if we're going to live healthy lives, is important. So a couple of benefits for that. And like I said, I know this sounds, this is the weirdest sermon in the world because I'm just talking about being healthy. <clears throat> Number one, it reduces stress and anxiety. It enhances our moods and reduces depression symptoms. Like anybody get seasonal depression? You guys know what that is? Like in the winter when the sun disappears and then you just feel sad? Anybody do that? Yeah, that's a real thing. It's, it's because we are created to be connected to this creation. It promotes vitamin D production for better bone health and immunity. It regulates our sleep patterns for improved rest. Enhances our immunity, reducing uh, us from illnesses and those types of things. And, and so being connected to creation is important. Being connected to this place that God has created for us is important. It actually enhances our health. Good? You guys all right? All right. Move on to the next one. Not only is it important for us to be outside in nature and interacting with the sunlight, but the things that we eat and the water that we drink is terribly important. So about a month, month and a half ago, I had a real good bout with a kidney stone for about a month and a half. It was miserable. It won. Luckily, I had some intervention with a surgeon. And after dealing with that, which if you, it was, it's the worst, by the way, just want to let you know. But after dealing with that, um, going on follow up and consulting with my doctor, she said probably the main, the main reason why I get them is because I'm dehydrated and I don't drink enough water. And that if you drink enough water, it'll flush that kind of stuff out. So I started buying these. And I keep them in my car. Because if I take them into the house, I mean, it's just regular bottled water. There's nothing special about it. I take them, if I take them to my house, into the house, my kids will raid it, and then I won't have any water because they're psychopaths. And so I just leave it in my car, and I tell them, don't drink this. That's daddy's kidney stone water. And they don't care. They'll drink it anyway. But I've been trying to drink uh, at least three of these a day. Now, I hate it. Um... But it's important. I think we're, our bodies are 60% water, right? Our brains are like 70-something percent. Our heart is something. Our lungs. Like, we are water. And it's important that we have water. And, and so it's important that we hydrate. It's important that we hydrate. But it's also important when it comes to the things that we eat. When I was... Uh, like 19, I worked for the city of Franklin, mowing grass and stuff, summer help when, when I was going to school. And one morning, we, we had diesel trucks and we had gasoline trucks. And one morning, I can't remember which one we did, but we filled up one of the trucks with the wrong fuel. 
Guess what happens to a truck when you, when you drive it with the wrong fuel? It quits. It seizes the engine up. If, like, it doesn't work properly. Now let's take that metaphor and think about our lives. Twinkies. Right? Twinkies is like putting gasoline in a diesel engine. You, we weren't made, we weren't created to live off Twinkies. Right? And so my suggestion would be simply, perhaps we should eat things that were alive at one point. Whether it be vegetables or animal products, something like that. And because you're not going to be able to, we're not created to fuel our systems with fake processed foods. It's not good for us. Our body converts it, but it's not good. And so I had a good, I had a friend who once said, because what you need to do when you're shopping is you just buy stuff on the outside of the grocery store. Think about when you walk into Walmart and Franklin. What do you have? You have the produce, breads, vegetables. You go down to down the aisle on the outside. Then you have steak and pork and chicken. And then you have your dairy products and your milk and those types of things. Right? Everything in those areas were alive at some point which means they're probably good fuel for us. He says, when we get into the weeds is when you start going down the aisles because that's where the candy is, that's where the processed food is, that's where the cakes and snacks are, which, don't get me wrong, I love all that stuff as well, but there is a difference between things that give us health and the things that rob us of our health. Does this make sense? And so... Staying away from too much sugar and all that kind of stuff is important. And so a couple of benefits from nutrition and hydration. One, it helps in maintaining healthy weight and preventing chronic disease like diabetes and heart disease and all those kinds of things that can, can end our lives too early. It provides essential nutrients for our overall well-being. Like I said before, you want to put the right fuel into the, in the gas tank. It enhances our energy levels for daily tasks and mental focus. It promotes healthy digestion and it contributes to clear skin, strong hair, stable moods, all kinds of benefits for eating good stuff. Yeah? And so not only is it sunlight and nature that's important, but the things that we put in our bodies are important, which leads to this next thought. If we're going to honor God with our bodies, then it also requires us to, to move and to exercise. Like I said before, for most of us, we live in a box, and we don't move, and we don't exercise. And there is this reality that if you don't use it, you what? You lose it, right? So a couple of years ago, we, we have a, a two-story house. Our our roof is actually pretty tall, at least to me it is. And we had a leak on top of the house, like one of the, whatever those things are, those shingles, yeah, thank you. Shingles, like, blew off and it was leaking. So I put up a ladder. This was, like, in, I was probably, like, 35, 30, yeah, about 35 years old at this time. Put up a ladder, hadn't done anything real physical for a long time, and put up this ladder, climbed up to the top, 
And then there was this reality of, oh, no. And I wasn't, like, I wasn't scared of heights as a kid. Like, no problem. All of a sudden, I was like, I don't feel very good up here. It was like my balance was off, right? And so I almost had a full-on panic attack trying to climb off this ladder onto this roof and then vice versa when it was time to come back down. And I realized, like, oh, wow, I can't move like I used to. Anybody have this problem? Right? Sucks growing up. And so I realized I had this issue and this problem. And a couple, so anyway, life happens. And then when I was 39, I started doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And that requires a lot of agility and balance and strength. And after doing that for a couple of years, there uh, we had a branch like last year fall on the roof again. And so I had to do this again. I had to climb up this ladder. And I was nervous wreck about it because of the... Last time I had been up on this ladder, so I threw the ladder up and climbed on up, and all of a sudden I realized because I had been training, doing things for agility and balance and those types of things, all of a sudden my reflexes came back, and I had no problem stepping off the ladder onto the roof. Yeah? And so it's important, I think, to be able to move and to exercise because there's all these benefits that come, that come from it. A couple examples here. One, it helps maintain a healthy weight. enhances our cardiovascular health and our strength and the muscles. Two, it supports better flexibility and overall physical function. Because, you know, life's a physical reality. Getting up and down. Changing tires. Like doing things. You have to get up, get down, move around. It's important. Uh, when we... Somehow jump to rest and recovery. Okay. It reduces our stress and our anxiety. It promotes positive mood. Here's something I found interesting about exercising on the regular. And I work out probably four or five days a week in some capacity. And it just makes me feel better. There's something that happens when we do our, when we exercise that releases hormones in us that makes us feel better mentally. And I have about a three-day, I've discovered that I have about a three-day threshold where if I don't train in some capacity within three days, I start to kind of get stressed out. And I know that because I want to kill my kids. So I've realized that when I work out, it reduces my anxiety, my stress. It does something to me that helps me deal with everyday life. Yeah? And so it enhances our energy levels, enhances our sleep quality, contributes to longevity, reducing the risk of chronic disease, promoting higher quality of life. Back to the sleep quality thing. If you have a hard time sleeping, maybe it's as simple as I didn't use enough energy that day. And my battery's still full, so it's hard for me to fall asleep. And if I exercise, that would drain the battery a little bit, a little bit so that I could get some actually good rest. Yeah? And so it contributes to all these types of things, which leads to the next one, rest and recovery. What's interesting about the created world is that God has put has set rhythms into it. And so every day the sun rises, every day the sun sets, there's this rhythm within our day of 
of being up and active with the sun, but then as it begins to go down, we can naturally fall into a rhythm of sleeping and resting. Artificial light kind of messes with that. I've been reading a study about that, but uh, um, it kind of throws off our rhythms being under artificial light at night, but that's neither here nor there. But God has put within each day a time for us to be up and active and a time for us to settle down and rest. But then also within the created order, he has set apart a day where we step away from our work, where we rest, where we celebrate a Sabbath. And this has physical implications, but it also has spiritual implications. Because if you're like me, you get addicted to your work. You get addicted to the things that you produce. And when you get addicted to the things that you do, what happens is that it becomes a part of your identity. And when we allow for the things that we do to become a part of our identity, what happens to our soul if that is taken away? If I can't do that anymore, then something about my soul is taken away. Something about my identity is taken away. So God... And his infinite wisdom gave us a day of rest, of Sabbath, where he commanded the the ancient Israelites, do not work on these days. Why? One, because they needed a day off to rest. But two, to reinforce that their identity was not tied to the things that they produced. Their identity was tied to being children of God. And so God calls us to take a day where we step back from producing and rest in our identity, knowing that God loves us whether we're good at doing stuff or not. Does that make sense? Yeah? And so, if we're going to honor God with our bodies, we're also called to rest and, and to recover. So a couple benefits of this. Number one, it repairs and rebuilds our muscles in promoting growth and recovery after physical activity. It strengthens our immune systems, making the body more resilient to illness and infections. A couple of weeks ago, I uh, I wasn't feeling very good on, on a Friday morning. And so I got up and I took my daughter to school and I came home. And I, t- I had nothing on my schedule for that morning. And I, so I told Amber I was going to go back to bed for a little bit. And so I went to bed and I slept from Friday morning at 8 a.m., until Saturday night at like 8 p.m. So whatever, who's a, anybody know math? How many hours is that? It's a lot, right? It's like almost, it's more than 24 hours. I can't do math. It's a lot of hours. What was happening? What happens? When, why, what was going on? My body needed to heal. My body needed to recover. And so... One of the, the ways that our bodies heal, one of the ways that our bodies recover from physical activities or illness or anything is that we sleep. And that when we sleep, something happens inside of us that, re, that repairs the things that are off. And so it repairs, rebuilds, strengthens our immune system. It reduces our stress and anxiety, stabilizes our mood, promoting emotional resilience. It enhances our creativity. Our productivity, it leads to better decision-making, problem-solving abilities. I study my sermons all week, but I write them on Friday nights. It's kind of my, my pattern. 
Um, Monday through Friday morning is kind of my gathering stage. I'm just like paying attention to my life and things going on around me, sort of just like gathering information. And I normally sit down on Friday nights after the kids have gone to bed and just kind of type out these slides. There are some times where my brain is just bogged down because I'm tired. And when it starts to kind of just get, like I can just sort of feel like this isn't, this isn't, smoothing, isn't moving as smooth as I would like it to. I'll just shut my computer, go to bed, get up on Saturday morning like at 8, and then it's easy. Because my brain just needed to rest. Yeah? And so resting and recovering is important. Now, this raises the question, well, how do we do this? And how do we make a lifestyle change? Like, if you're hearing this, you're like, yeah, I'd need to probably do some of this stuff. Where would you start? Because you're probably not like Chuck Wolfenbarger, who can just quit everything cold turkey and switch on a dime and start lifting and, and walking and running tomorrow, Right? Probably not like that. You're, prob- you're probably not cannonball into the deep end. Probably need to dip your toe in at first. And so just a little plan for you on how to begin a lifestyle change. <clears throat> this is a calendar. The dots stand for things. The green dots stand for sun and nature. The blue dots, nutrition, hydration. The, the orange is movement and exercise. And the purple is rest and recovery. If it was me... This is how I would start in week one. I would start with trying to go outside at least every other day. Fifteen minutes. Go on a walk. Go to a park. Just get outside. Obviously, the winter throws a wrench in that. But when it's nice out, try to get outside. You see that there's a blue dot with a white stripe in it. That's nutrition and hydration. I would simply say you don't have to, let's not overhaul our diet right, of, right off the bat. Let's just add water to the thing. Let's maybe cut down the pop and add a little bit of water to that mix. Good? And then the purple is just rest and recovery. Let's just try to sleep seven, eight hours, whatever they say is, is good for you to sleep. Um, I think they say eight hours is because a sleep cycle is four. And if you can get two good full sleep cycles, then you usually have enough um, rest for the day. And so I would just start there. Try to get outside a couple days a week. Try to add water to your diet. Try to go to bed on time and get up on time. Getting Going to bed on time is the hard thing. Like I'm a night owl. And so I, I'll stay up till I'm, I'll stay up all night if... If I could get away with it, but I try to go to bed between 10:30 and 11. Most of the time, I make it by midnight. But that's just me, mainly because I just want some quiet time away from my kids. I gotta have some me time. And so that, that's how I would start, just dipping the toe in. And the second week, start adding a couple things to it. So the the week looks exactly like the, the first week, but now we're going to add a couple of days of exercise. And you can, you can combine this stuff, right? If you like going outside, well, go for a walk and go for a little bit longer than you normally would. And so I would add 
a couple of days of exercise within your week while maintaining a rhythm of getting outside, drink, drinking your water, and recovering with a good night's rest. In week three, you can begin to add an extra day of exercise if possible, if you're into it. And at the same time, on those days, at least this works for me, on those days that you exercise, try to eat good that day. Here's how my psychology works. If I get up and work out in the morning, I don't want to cancel it out by going to McDonald's and eating a Big Mac. Right? Because then that morning workout was a waste. So for me, diet and exercise go together because that's just the way that my mind works. For you, maybe not. But that's just how it works for me. So on those days that you work out, try to eat decent on those days. And mainly this. And I know this from experience. If you just cut out the pop and cut out, like, greasy potatoes. Let's just say that. Greasy potatoes. Also known as French fries. If you just cut those two things out of your diet, if you go out to eat a lot, that'll do wonders right off the bat. And so... um, Sunlight, nature, hydration, exercise, diet. And then on the fourth week, (coughs) if you're into it, trying to eat better every day, um, trying to get outside every day, still keeping up that rhythm of working out every now and again or every couple of days, and, and resting and recovering. Does this make sense? And so there you go. That's the Body by Mark plan right there. Now, when it comes to exercise, find something that you like to do. I lifted weights for 30-something years. Not 30-something years. Let's say 20-something years. And I liked lifting weights for a long time until my joints started to hurt. And then I started hating lifting weights. And so then I started doing, um, so I do Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And I discovered, like, oh, wow, this, is, this keeps me in shape, and I don't have to lift weights. I love this. And so it's fun. Now I'm at a point where i got to start lifting weights again because these young kids keep ripping my arms off, and I need to get stronger. But that's my problem, not your guys's. My point is simply this. Find something that you like to do. And I would also suggest, if you're a people person, find people that you like to do it with. Because then you have that motivation when on those days that you don't want to go to have them influence you, peer pressure you into showing up. Yeah? And if you're an introverted person like me, maybe that's your alone time. Just me and my headphones in this weight room. And it's good. Good? Make sense? The point is simply this. If we want it to be a lifestyle, then we have to be intentional until it becomes natural. If if you start off with just okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna just set a goal and I'm gonna do this. Over time, that discipline will take over when it becomes from just these habits to becoming your lifestyle. And the key is this: on the days that you don't want to go, those are the days you have to go. One hundred percent, no non-negotiable. Those mornings that you wake up and you don't want to do these things, those are the days that you absolutely have to. Because if you say yes, that begins to snowball. Yeah? Now this raises the question, why does this matter? 
Now I feel like, like a pastor again. Here's why this is important, in my opinion. Number one. One, being healthy equips me to handle the day-to-day problems and stresses of life. What do I mean by that? Your guys' life's hard. You can raise your hand if it is. Like, no one's going to shame you. Life's hard. Relationships are hard. Work is hard. Finances are hard. The news, if you watch that, that's stressful. We live in a stress, stressful environment. What I've observed in my own life is that there's sort of this deposit that is made when we do hard physical things that we can then withdraw when it comes to emotional and spiritual things. What do I mean by that? When I stress, or I don't want to say stress, when I work myself really hard physically, when I redline it, when I push past where I want to quit, it does something to me. When I go through something physically hard, it builds some sort of resistance or resilience, should I say, in me that I can then use later in stressful circumstances and situations. So, I, was, I played high school football. There are so many lessons that I learned from playing high school football that I still use today on just being able to push myself through stressful moments. I was a Marine, and that was deployed to Iraq. There are lessons that I, that I use every day from my time in those situations because you're being pushed to the physical, emotional max. Um, I, like I said, train, train in grappling every day. I'm 44 years old. Most of the guys in the room are in their 20s. I don't win, ever, really. I get beat up every day. Now, there's every occasion a new guy comes in, I get the, you know. But that's neither here nor there. But anyway, but it's hard. It's hard on you mentally. It's hard on you emotionally to have a, another human being hold you down, and there's nothing that you can do about it to get out of that thing. But... Those little deposits are made, and when I have to face a problem in my day, it's much easier to face this problem because I've dealt with something hard already today. Does that make sense? So there's this relationship or this correlation between the physical physical hardship and mental, spiritual, emotional hardship. Good? And so being healthy equips me to handle the day-to-day problems and stresses of my life. Number two, being healthy allows for me to be helpful to my friends and family. A couple years ago, my buddy Joe bought a hot tub, and he needed help moving it. Imagine that, right? So he called a couple of us to go get this hot tub, and we went to go get the hot tub, and it was in the basement of this dude's house. So, guess what it took for us to get that stupid hot tub out? It took strength. We had to pick it up and carry it out. 
And, you know, if wasn't able to do that, then I wouldn't have been very helpful to him. Does that make sense? Give you another story. A couple years ago, we were, at, we were sitting in our house. And our neighborhood's funny. Like, it can, get, it can get shady from time to time. And so we're sitting in our front room watching TV, and we hear this ruckus going on outside. It sounds like a riot. And, but sometimes that happens, so no big deal. <laughs> and uh, it just got closer and closer to the house, and it sounded like it was right in, like, on our porch. And so Amber gets up to pop her head out the door to see what's going on. And she pops her head out, and she just bolts out the door. And I'm like, oh, no. What is she doing? And so I jump up to go out. And as I'm coming out the door, this guy has grabbed his girlfriend, and he is slamming her through the window of our across-the-street neighbor's house. Not your guys' house, but the one over right next door. And I'm like, holy smokes, what the heck's going on? And there's people chasing him. Like, it's insane. So Amber goes and grabs the girl and runs her to the police department, which is right next door to us. And I grabbed the guy. He was the strongest human being that I have ever touched in my entire life. And he wasn't big. He was on meth. And I was like, holy smokes. So she's running this cat, running this lady to the house, to the police station, and I'm holding him in the street fighting with this guy. And I'm, was actually able to hold on to him. And then, so the cops come, and I'm like, okay, you guys ready for this dude? Because he's wild, man. And they're like, yeah, we'll be fine. And then he fought them for the next ten minutes in the parking lot. (laughs) What's the point? (laughs) The point is, sometimes we have to be in decent physical shape to help people. Does that make sense? And so being healthy allows for us to be helpful to our friends and our families, which leads to the next one. Being healthy affords me the opportunity to honor God by serving others in my community. We have this big old white truck out there. You guys seen it? It's full of uh, big games and a grill, and we drive it to different places in the community, and we set all, all kinds of stuff and throw parties for kids and neighborhoods. And so we go and we got to unload and load. And if you've ever helped unload or load that truck, man, it's tough. That stuff's heavy, especially if you've been out there cooking burgers and playing with kids and you're tired. And then you got to now we got to put the grill back on. And like so being healthy affords us the opportunity to be able to serve people around us. Does that make sense? Good. We're almost done. And, And so we want to. We want to honor God with our bodies, which leads me to this verse. So I say all of that to say this. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of, and what's it say? Uh, so this whole thing is spiritual, even taking care of this. Which leads me to one last video.
Yeah? Make sense? Two questions. What's God saying to you? What's one thing that you can do about it this week? And so take a few moments, simply reflect on this, and then we're going to share communion together. So Holy Spirit, we ask that you just come, that you speak to our hearts in these next few moments. You have one of these, grab it and take it out. Every week we we take part in this reminder of who we are and whose we are. And our custom here is that we practice what we call open table, meaning that if you're willing to take part in communion, then you're welcome to take part. Our our observation of, of Jesus' life is that at his, at his Last Supper, he had one there who betrayed him, and yet he was welcome. He had another there who uh, deserted him, and that he was welcome. And all the rest of the knuckleheads, they all took off, right? And yet they were all welcome. And, and so for us, if you're willing to... To take part, then you're welcome to take part. And every week we um, we pray this prayer uh, as a way to recenter our hearts and our minds. And so pray this with me. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread. And after giving thanks, he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples. And he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took a cup of wine and said, this is the blood of the new covenant that's been shed for you. And he gave it to his disciples and he said, do this in remembrance of me. 
Later, reflecting on this, the Apostle Paul said that every time that you and I, we gather and we take this bread and we drink from this cup, we're proclaiming the Lord's death until he returns, which means we remember what Jesus did, that he was broken and poured out for the sake of the world. And that as the body of Christ, we are reminded that we are to take part, to do the same, to be broken and poured out for the people in our lives. And so take the bread, look at the person next to you, say the body of Christ broken for you. And the cup, the blood of Christ shed for you. Good? All right. So I'll stand and grab hands with the person next to you if you like. So, Father, we just thank you that you've blessed us with these physical bodies to honor you, to to be a witness for you. And so, Father, I ask that you just just give us the, the, the motivation and the courage to to make the changes that we need to make if we need to make them as we go and and represent you in this world. And so, Holy Spirit, we ask that you just be with us this week as we go, that you you guide us and keep us. And in Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. See you guys.